Did you know you can get email alerts about every new episode of this podcast? Sign up for free. Just click the link in the show description. Our approach is we try and brand ourselves as being hyper-pragmatic because we're not trying to say that we're the holodeck. We're not trying to say we're an entire virtual world that you can explore. You know, spatial's real. What a real holographic meeting is today. This is Kotecki on Tech. I am James Kotecki here with Jacob Lowenstein, VP of Business Development and Strategy for the VR, AR, augmented reality. We're going to find out exactly what it is, company Spatial. Jacob, welcome to the show. Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I just mentioned a bunch of buzzwords that have to do with seeing things. This is an audio-only podcast, so within the constraints of that format, please explain what it is that you do. Sure. Well, so Spatial enables people to essentially collaborate from anywhere holographically. And so there's two parts to it. One is using Spatial, you can work together with people anywhere in the world uh, as if they're in the same room with you, right, and vice versa. And so they'll see you in their room, you'll see them in your room. Uh, and so to that extent, it sort of replicates what a real-world meeting, you know, in-person meeting would feel like. And then it really goes beyond it because even when you're in a real-world meeting, a real-person meeting, uh, you can't do things like manifest any information, see it in your environment, and interact with it as easily as with your hands. And so we think of spatial as the equivalent of giving people superpowers and enabling them to teleport and meet with people anywhere. Okay, so the example that you have shown people, you're working for Mattel, for example, and you're collaborating with people in different spaces, and they're able to see this kind of giant virtual toy uh, in between all of them, and they're all able to comment on it, and they're all able to manipulate it. Is this service primarily being targeted, at least right now, for designers? Are they the optimal people to use it, remote designers? I would say that the two sort of use cases right now that most excite people are one, uh, a category I would broadly refer to as like review meetings. And so this could be anything from a design review to an agile scrum to a board meeting or even a war room crisis scenario. And then the second case, which is extremely popular, is live training uh, because you know one has the ability uh, to either have a live instructor and meet you wherever you are. Uh, or as a live instructor, never have to travel and meet people where they are. And so often in the case of live training, companies need to bring people to special learning campuses and fly people around the country just to have them undergo training, whereas now you can do it in an entirely distributed fashion. And you could see how uh, these cases would apply to a broad spectrum of folks. Now, certainly the reason that designers are excited uh, is that the opportunity to review information sort of natively in 3D is very attractive, and that's a very attractive part of augmented reality. But we would say there are a couple of other very attractive parts of augmented reality that appeal more broadly. And so one is that you can review a lot of information at once. And secondly is you can review information while feeling a sense of presence with other people. Uh, and so while certainly for one-on-one -on -one interaction, from a practical standpoint, you know, I think video chat will continue to be very appealing. I think what we often find with video chat is that you don't feel a sense of presence with people and we often sort of zone out or lose that connection. And so what's very interesting about spatial is the fact that you feel people are in the same room continues to engender this sense mm. of connection and make you feel really working with that person. So is this 
the missing link here, because if we were to go back to the dawn of the video conferencing era or even the teleconferencing era, I'm sure there were people who were selling those solutions who were saying this is going to replace the need for people to travel. And obviously travel and hotels and conferences and in-person meetings continues to be a huge industry. So is there still some X factor, the ability to, you know, obviously physically touch the person, physically shake their hand, feel their breath. I, I don't know. Like, is, is this really, is this it? Is this really going to replace travel? While I'm definitely prone to making bold claims, I will give a measured claim here, which is our claim, our belief is that this will replace some travel, but not all travel. And I think we're just being realistic there. The reality is that there's still a $1.3 trillion travel industry that's growing. And so people, for a variety of reasons, still feel compelled to travel. And I think that very broadly speaking, they do so for you know some combination of two reasons, which is one, uh, one is that in order to effectively communicate or accomplish the task they're trying to accomplish, uh, being in the room with someone is just a lot easier than conversing over video chat or Skype. But I do think that there's a second nut, which is harder to crack, which is there's a pageantry in travel and a pageantry mm. that's, huh. that centers along like building connections. I mean... Right. If I am trying to build a connection or or sort of demonstrate to another person that like they matter or that I'm trying to build a relationship with that person, um, there are important pieces of being in person. Uh, some of it is touching. Some of it is making on contact. And some of it is just this idea that I am literally sacrificing in order to be here with you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that like, you know, for meetings that depend on deep human connection. Uh, so that could be anything from like hiring someone, closing a deal, you know, having a hard conversation, whatever it is, my suspicion is that like that will for a pretty long time, like still continue to be an interaction, you know, for which people will travel. But our argument is that there's a huge chunk of interactions that we do for sort of utilitarian purposes, where, you know, we're not really building that much of a connection, or it's not even the primary intent, we're mostly just trying to get something done. And yet we still get on a plane, uh, where we're going to decide that that trade-off is no longer worth it. And I think as we increasingly stare at that trade-off and see another way of doing this without having to travel, that way of doing it without traveling will be more compelling for use cases where that human connection factor really isn't super duper essential. I saw in another podcast where you apparently said something along the lines of how augmented reality collaboration can actually be better than in-person collaboration in some cases. Are there use cases for which even if I was in the same room in the same building as somebody, we both want to strap on a Microsoft HoloLens, go into spatial and collaborate that way? Absolutely. I mean, let's talk about meetings like that already happen a certain way. And then let's talk about meetings that may happen a certain way. And to sort of frame this, um, the first thing I want to talk about is like design thinking, design sprints, war rooms, that kind of scenario. So, so today there's a certain category of meeting which typically happens in person where, you know, in order to set up that meeting, it's quite involved. You know, I have to put post-its all over the wall. I have to print stuff out. You know, it's like being able to not have to do that, you know, with physical tools, but being able to put on a headset, do that, you know, with augmented reality and then be able to return to that room is a compelling example of how even if everyone were present you know, in the same space, they might still use augmented reality uh, even without remote participant. The other thing that we're thinking about is how we think that we sort of, we work a certain way in real life because of the subtle limitations of real life, but that if we were given these sorts of superpowers, we might begin to communicate differently. And, and I want to frame this with a historical example, which is actually like PowerPoint. You know, if you went back more than 25 years, you know, to a time, in which presentations were like not that easy to throw together. Um, 
you know, most real world presentations don't look like PowerPoint presentations of today. Like we had different, more sort of uh, less involved ways of presenting or communicating. But what ended up happening was that we developed a tool that made it so easy to kind of visually represent what we're talking about, so easy to create outlines and, and create frameworks that we could communicate uh, in conjunction with our verbal communication that that started to, you know, eat up and transform how we communicate until you know everything started to look like a PowerPoint presentation or reviewing of a deck. Now, a lot of people don't like that. I'm not passing judgment on whether it's good or bad. I'm just saying that that affordance, that opportunity, once people saw it, you know, they walked through that door and decided this is actually a better way to communicate. And so I think with augmented reality, we're likely to see something similar. You know, Spatial, for example, we have a tool called ThoughtFlow where you can just point your fingers, speak a word, and it pulls in information about that topic. And today, like doing search in the middle of a meeting like that, it breaks the flow. It wouldn't, you know, fit the type of communication. But we're hypothesizing that tools like that, where you could very easily visualize information instantaneously, or even passively begin to have the meeting track what you're talking about and offer up the opportunity to commence search immediately, depending on when you wanted to, that could transform how we start to present and communicate. And spatial is, correct me if I'm wrong. 100% a software company, right? You are a software company on top of the VR, AR gear that others are making. That's exactly right. So we are a software company. We are hardware agnostic. So we work on, you know, on the HoloLens. We work on the Magic Leap. Uh, we actually have a, a phone version that we're releasing soon. And we actually even have a web app for PC that you could use if you don't have a headset that allows you to join through video chat or even share your screen. So we definitely believe in a platform agnostic approach. Uh, and we believe that you know our talent lays in the software domain. And so what kind of hardware solutions are coming that you're excited about that are going to allow you to do even more things? Uh, haptic gloves, for example, that allow you to put your hand into a glove and touch things that aren't actually there and kind of the different textures that they are is one thing that's been thrown out there for a possibility. But there seems like there's so much in the AR, VR space that there's been hype around the equipment for several years. And it seems like some of that hype has dissipated a little bit. Maybe you are the solution to that because you're actually coming through with a business use case. Maybe that was the problem before. So what kind of equipment is coming out there that you're actually excited about? So, well, to frame it, I think the problem was that it used to be like an all of the above problem, which is that there wasn't a killer use case, but there probably wasn't hardware that was really where it needed to be. I mean, there's a, you know, we need a couple of things to develop in parallel to make this a reality, and we think we're pretty much there, which is now like the HoloLens 2, for example, is super light, big field of view, full hand tracking, eye tracking. So it does a lot of what you need the hardware to do, and it does it in a way where people are going to be comfortable wearing it for a while, um, and uh, it's easy enough to set up for the layperson, and we feel similarly about the Magic Leap. Generally, our approach is like we take the inputs that are made available to us to make the best AR experience possible. And so examples of this are like now that we have hand tracking and eye tracking, for example, through the HoloLens 2 or the Magic Leap, um, we can, you know, make ever more realistic avatars. We can make interacting with the information more precise. We can make it easier to do for people because they can use their hands or a controller in the case of the Magic Leap. In terms of what we're looking at tomorrow, um, we're certainly pretty excited about you know more and more inputs um, in terms of scanning the person or their face or their bodies. We can make the avatars ever more realistic. Uh, we definitely think haptics are interesting. Haptics feel further away than some of the other inputs that make the avatar look and behave more realistically. I haven't seen anything that feels close to 
feeling real or even being scalable yet from a production standpoint. So I think that feels more like the final frontier of the current round of development. So I'm so glad you mentioned the final frontier because my next question is about Star Trek and Star Wars and Ready Player One and Minority Report and the movie Avatar. You're talking about avatars, but the movie Avatar. All these sci-fi movies and franchises that I'm mentioning have an integral VR or AR component to them. And so I wonder how that affects the way that people perceive your company. How do customers frame their frame of reference based on what they've seen in these films? Does it help you because it gives people a frame of reference? Does it hurt you because it sets unrealistic expectations? Or does it give you something to inspire, to be inspired by, to shoot for? That's a really fascinating question. I mean, we try and leverage pop culture understanding of the technology as a way to go to market more easily while also tempering expectations and helping people recognize like what the realities are of today. You, you mentioned a couple of beloved franchises, right? And they all paint the picture a little differently, albeit along different time horizons, right? So Star Trek is about sort of like seamless headsetless VR, the holodeck, you walk into it and the whole thing is there. Star Wars is, is very, you know, much about like holographic. It's maybe similar to like Blade Runner in some sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's less wearables based. Ready Player One is super wearables based. Um, and so it's entirely about wearing a headset and being in VR. Our approach is we try and, you know, brand ourselves as being hyper pragmatic because we're not trying to say that we're the holodeck. We're not trying to say we're an entire virtual world that you can explore. Um, but what we are trying to say is that we've gotten to the point now where that very practically you can take the existing ways you collaborate and enhance them by being able to take that information put it in the real world and visualize you know your people you're working with as if they're in the real world in a pretty realistic way and you know if you have any hesitation about getting into this now what we will say is that like it's already very useful now and as it increasingly becomes useful if you haven't adopted these technologies early then you'll likely be late to adopting them and you'll miss out on all the sort of operational efficiencies that you'll gain by traveling less and working more effectively in meetings. And so while we use the future to sort of paint where it's going, we use operational realities to encourage people to move sooner rather than later. So Jacob Lowenstein of Spatial, thank you so much for joining me today on Kotechi on Tech and uh, telling us what the future of meetings are going to be like. Thank you so much for having me, man. If I could say one line to send it off, it's that, you know, Spatial's real. We're here today. So if folks are interested in what a real holographic meeting is today, hit us up. And uh, thank you for pushing our thinking on this, and I enjoyed the conversation. Well, spoken like a true head of business, Jacob. Thanks so much, man. Thanks so much, man.